I won't. See you at our house, Mr. Baker, the girls shouted, busy wrapping themselves in blankets for the ride home in the back. Sure, he said, wondering why he had agreed to her invite. He tied down the scarf bound over his wool cap and under his chin. Then after checking the saddle girth, he swung a leg over the roan's back. Never spoke to none of the others. There'd be plenty of time for that later, he imagined. He pulled his kerchief up over his nose for protection and booted Cobb after the wagon winding its way south toward her place. Her stout-looking cabin was nestled under the brow of the hill. A high-shed barn, corrals, several haystacks sat in the Horse Creek bottoms. Mel had left her a nice enough place, Herschel decided, dismounting heavily and stomping his cold feet. A weak winter sun hung low in the west when he helped her down from the seat. You girls run on and put some wood on the fire. Yes, ma'am. They rushed off, trying to ball up their trailing blankets, acting as if grateful for the chance to escape the cold. I can put the horses up, Herschel offered. I put them up myself all the time. He turned his face away from the north wind. Go on to the house. Oh, all right. Feed bags are in the tack room. Give them some oats. Better give the roan some, too. She clutched the blanket, looking up at him, pursing her lips. I can do it, he insisted. Go ahead. I don't doubt you can do it. I just feel guilty not doing it myself. Marcia, I'm not being punished unharnessing them. Well, good. She leaned over and hugged his arm as if out of an impulse. I'm glad you came today. I'll go fix us some coffee and hot food since you're doing all the work. I'll be along. Don't be too long. She rewrapped the blanket over her shoulders and ran off toward the house. He climbed onto the seat, undid the reins and backed the wagon into the alleyway so it wouldn't be buried in the next snow if she needed it. Then he busied himself unhitching the horses and removing the harness. To carry each set required him to scoot sideways between the wagon and the stalls to reach the tack room that smelled sweet with oats and harness oil. He filled three homemade feed bags with oats and hung them on the team horses and cobs' heads. For his last trip, he removed his saddle and put it in the room. Be too late to ride to his place after they ate. Reckon with the girls and all there, it wouldn't look too bad for him staying over. If she invited him to. Standing inside the shelter of the barn and smelling the sweet hay, he leaned against the wall. The notion of whoever shot Jack Deal still churned in his mind. Why? He closed his eyes to the cold weather and the bitterness of losing a close friend. There would be no escape from either. When the horses had finished eating, he gathered the feed bags. With the ponies in the lot and enough hay forked in the mangers for them to eat, he headed for the log cabin bathed in the bloody red of sundown. How long since he'd eaten with her and the girls? Months. In the fall, he came by looking for a team of horses that ran off from a freighter. He stopped over with them coming down and again going back with the team. Caught that pair of Percherons down on the Crowland, 
Earned him a hundred dollars reward. Lots of money for a week's worth of work. The heavy front door opened before he could touch the handle. Kate, the oldest, smiled, big as the gatekeeper. We was getting worried you might freeze out there. He took off his gloves, undid the scarf, and removed his cap. No, Kate, I had to feed those horses. I know, she said, and wrinkled her nose. I was only making talk. Her hand out, she took his scarf cap and then his heavy wool-lined canvas coat. It weighted her down, but she smiled big and dismissed his concern. Standing on a stool, she put them on the wall pegs. He looked around, rubbing his hands. The big braided rug in the center of the room under the lamp. Flames dancing in the rock fireplace, and the other two girls busy setting the table. A warm, snug place, he